Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking about making your tax return count. So we're talking about taxes again. I promise you we'll get off this subject, um, what, in in a couple months, less than a couple months. But, uh, you know, I'm getting a lot of questions about tax filing, about tax deductions, about what to do with your tax return. And so I think it's just really important that we kind of cover these things and, you know, try to have as much fun as we can 
with talking about taxes. I know it's kind of one of those subjects like, I mean, what is what is more boring to talk about than taxes? Probably not not a lot. And yet it's so super important. It's so important to your financial future. It's important to your goals this year. And it's super important to think about what you're going to do with your tax return. And look, I've been guilty uh, plenty of years, I think in my early 20s, when I got a tax return uh, of blowing it, right? Blowing all of it on a fun idea, either a vacation or shopping or a new car or something that just seemed totally right at the time. But, you know, if I think about it now, I'm like, oh my gosh, like if I would have taken that money and done something good with that money, like, oh my God, where would that money be right now, right? But I digress. We can't go backwards. We can only go forwards. And you're allowed in your 20s to make some, I'm going to put this in bracket, full foolish, semi-foolish money uh, mistakes with your money. It's not even a mistake, right? It's just a decision. But you're totally allowed in your 20s because that's the time that's the time when you can like mess things up and not not do them right or spend too much money on a vacation or a night out or whatever it may be right that's the time to do it because you have such a long time horizon that you can totally recover um you know you can recoup i mean it's just like you know I'm in my 30s now, but when I think back to my college years when I used to go to parties and probably have a little bit too much to drink, you know, I would like wake up the next morning, like I would spring out of bed and be super fresh and super awake. And all it took was like, you know, half a bottle of water and I was like back to being a human again. Well, something happens like in your mid to late 30s where you just don't bounce back as much. Like it's harder, you know, and you are crabby the next day and all you want to do is eat like celery sticks and, um, you know, veg on the couch. So the point is that your money is a little bit like that, right? The older you get, the harder it is to kind of bounce back from some of these things or not even bounce back. But I think you just start to think about things a little bit differently. But look, you know, if if you get a tax return and you want to go out and blow it, like I am certainly not going to be upset with you because that happens. I'm just saying don't go out and blow your tax return every single year that you get a tax return. That would probably be not a smart money decision, but you're allowed at least one, maybe a couple more um, in your lifetime. But I say, you know, everything's a balance, right? Life is a balance. It's all about balance. It's about work. It's about play. It's about, you know, eating good 80% of the time and 20% you eat pizza and cake and crap and, you know, you feel bad, but you feel good, right? So it's all about balance. So have fun with your tax return. Put half of it into something good and take at least half, if not more, and um, do something with that. And then the other, you know, bit that's left, maybe you can have some fun with it. But, you know, that the half or more that you take and do something good with, maybe you grow it, you know, you turn 2k into 5k and 10k into 15k and 20k into 30k. And, you know, your money starts going in the right direction, right? It starts going uphill instead of downhill. And I think for so many of us, like we get that tax return, we're like, oh my God, like things are finally turning around. Like life is good. The birds are out chirping. Um, you know, we're seeing rainbows and, and pots of gold and all sorts of things like that. And then the money's gone. It just like vaporizes into something. And sometimes we're like, I don't even know what I spent it on. I mean, I can't tell you like, 
because I, I, I was running a business when I was in college. So obviously I was filing a tax return and, um, I was getting money back and I cannot tell you one single thing that I spent that money on. And I know I blew it. I know that I went out and I did something with it, but I cannot for the life of me remember uh, what that was. I think I blew it like a few years in a row. And then I went like, wait a minute, this is, this is a lot of money. And this is probably not a good decision for me to, to do this. I should probably do something a little bit better with that money. But you know, take at least half, at least half and do something good, if not more. I mean, 80%, 70%, you know, um, as close as you can get to 100%, but still having a little bit of fun, that's kind of the recipe for, you know, smart money decision making with your tax return. Because again, remember, this is all about balance. This is all about um, being able to do the things that we love in life while still making smart financial decisions. And I I think that's why I like I hammer this home so much that I'm hoping, you know, after like the millionth time that you've heard me say this, like maybe subconsciously it just kind of registers because everybody thinks that you have to give up your life to be smart financially. And I think that's maybe why talking about money is such a turnoff for people because, you know, all you hear a lot of times is, you know, you have, you should have no debt. You should have no fun. You should, everything should be paid off. You should, um, you know, just like live in like a 500 square foot place and like only turn your electricity on like every second Tuesday. And, you know, all of these crazy rules, I think that we've, that we've created and somehow like manifested. And that's just not reality, right? We have to live. We're going to make mistakes. Even the best of us are going to make mistakes with our money. I mean, that's, it's just literally given. And if you've not made a mistake with your money yet, well, I'm just going to burst your bubble right now and tell you that there is a mistake coming somewhere, somewhere down the line, it's going to come and it's going to be okay. You're going to make it through it. You're probably going to make several mistakes and you're going to live. Everything's going to be fine. But the point is, is I'm saying that a lot. The point, the point, the point, the point is that, you know, you've got to be able to live your lifestyle to some extent. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have to give up certain things or cut back on certain things because that's reality too, right? In order to get something, you know, um, with a risk, there's a, there's a potential return. And, um, you know, sometimes when we want things, we have to literally not do other things, right? We want to lose weight. We're going to have to like walk away from the, the cake as hard as it is. We're going to have to walk away from sugar and, um, sweets and alcohol and all those things, carbs, carbs, right? Love your carbs. Um, all of those things. So the point is, let's just find balance and let's just make smart decisions along the way. And, and all the little bits and pieces of money that you can save here and there every single month, it really starts to add up. And that's like thinking about, you know, high yield savings accounts versus your, your bank savings account. You know, you're earning, you know, half a percent or more in extra interest in the high yield savings account. Now, is it that big of a dollar amount every year? No. For most of us, it's somewhere between like $10 and, you know, a couple hundred dollars. But my point is, is it's extra money. And if you have lots of places where you're just making smart money decisions and you're increasing um, these dollar amounts, then you're moving in the right direction, right? It doesn't take a lot of those to point you in the right direction. You're still doing the stuff that you like to do in life, but maybe you're just doing it a little bit a little bit better, a little smarter, a little bit smarter. Um, cause again, it's just, if, if it's about you giving up things, if it's about you not having kind of this well 
rounded life within reason, of course, right? Within reason, you know, when you're going outside the boundaries. I mean, we all do. We all know when we're spending too much and when we're making a decision with our money that we shouldn't, we just know it, right? It's intuitive. It's built into us. But what we choose to do is just like, you know, shoo away that bad angel, like kind of shove him off our shoulder or her, depending on if your angel's a girl or a boy, um, not sexist here, right? We're just, we're trying to get rid of that angel. We don't want that angel to talk to us. Um, you know, we want the good one that tells us we're doing everything right and everything's perfect and, um, you know, life is good. So anyway, I digress. Let's get back to talking about what we should do with that tax return. So the smart part, the smart money decisions, let's start with for the ER, right? We all know these unexpected expenses. They happen all the time, whether it is your car breaks down, whether it is you have an unexpected bill that comes in, or you got to go to the hospital or gosh, I mean, there are so many different emergencies that just pop up right and left. If you own a home, you know, all too well about emergencies and savings because things just always seem to break down and they seem to break down like in multiples. Have you ever noticed that? Like, it's not just that your dishwasher doesn't work, right? It's your dishwasher. And then you're having some sort of like electrical problem and then all your smoke detectors aren't working correct. I mean, it's just, it seems to go in like phases like that. So a cushion of savings for these unexpected expenses is really important. So it doesn't derail you. So you don't have to go to the credit card. And again, your cash reserves, it should cover six months worth of your expenses. So if you're tracking your expenses and you know your numbers, you know exactly the amount of money that you should have saved. But after you hit that six month cushion, let's say you're amazing savers, you hit that cushion, then you should set aside a separate emergency fund. Yes, you're going to double up on your emergency fund enough to cover 24 months of expenses for longer term situations. Like let's say there's an extended illness or one of you loses a job or both of you lose a job and you cannot find another job right away. Maybe you have to move someplace else. I've had this happen to a lot of people that I've worked with and there just wasn't enough money and they had to do all sorts of things to just to cover that period. So the point is the more savings cushion you have that is liquid that you can get your hands on the better off you're going to be. And it's going to take you a while to save and you're probably going to dip in and dip out of the money. And that's okay, right? This is an ebb and flow thing. Remember, it's all about balance. But the point is work to at least get that six months worth of expenses covered. Okay, number two, we're going to max it out. So don't just save the minimum amount in your 401k, in your IRA, in your retirement funds. You know, use those funds to get you close to the maximum allowed amount for 2017 so that it can really grow over time. So you can turn that 2K into 5K and 10K into 15K and, you know, 20K into 100K down the road. That's what this is all about. And the whole reason we're doing this, the whole reason we're doing this budgeting thing, we're doing this know our numbers thing, we're doing the savings thing, right? It's not so that it is like, it's not like a boot camp experience, right? Where someone's like going to beat you over the head with this. It's for you. It's for choices. It's for lifestyle choices down the road. It's for you to be able to say, I don't want to work anymore, or I want to take my butt and I want to go to, I don't know, Australia for a year, or I want to start a business, or I want to start a family, or, you know, I want to buy a house, whatever it is for you, right? It gives you choices and choices down the line are really what, um, 
you're going to be thanking yourself for so much, right? So if you hit the match, if your company matches in your 401k and you've hit that match, keep going. You can save up to $18,000 in your 401k this year. Get as close to it as you can, if not hitting it out of the ballpark. One of the smartest decisions that I made in my early 20s was to maximum fund my retirement account. And I did this religiously. And you know what the deal is? Like if you put it on auto debit from your paycheck, you don't even remember the money's missing. You don't think about it. It's just gone. It's not gone. It's there. It's yours. It's growing. It's in the background. But I want you to pretend like you can't see it. You can't touch it, right? It's this like invisible magical force that is growing your money. Now, obviously I want you to look at it because I want you to know what's going on with your, with your investments. And I want you to know, um, where it's invested and all that good stuff. But just theoretically speaking, it's it's like, it just is like it never existed for you. But like 20, 30 years down the line, you're going to be really thankful that you did this, right? That you played this little game with yourself. And if you've done that, if you've saved for your ER fund, you've maxed out your 401k, you can start an investment portfolio. And, you know, the best thing about this is if you won't need these funds for at least five years, and you've maxed out your contribution in your retirement account, this is a great way to boost your savings. Start an investment portfolio, right? You can select low-cost index mutual funds or things called ETFs, exchange-traded funds, with one of the really high-quality, low-cost players. There's Vanguard, Fidelity, T. Rowe Price. Betterment is one of the best uh, robo-advisors, online advisors. You can set up an investment portfolio on Betterment, and I this is not a commercial for Betterment. Um, I just really like what they're doing for a super low cost. They have great portfolio uh, options, and they have a great platform online, so you can really stay on top of what's going on. And you know, usually to start an outside investment portfolio, you're going to need about three to five thousand dollars to start, but that's perfect because that's usually right in the range of most people's you know tax return. And the reason you do this, well. An outside investment account, you got total flexibility. You can withdraw money at any time for any purpose uh, without having to pay penalty or taxes on that money. You know, if you take money out of your IRA with with you know a few exceptions or out of your 401k before 59 and a half, you've got a penalty, you've got taxes, you've got all sorts of things. Well, with an outside taxable account, you don't have that. So as long as you hold your investments for more than a year, you're going to pay what's called long-term capital gains rates. Um, there usually ranges somewhere between 0 to 20%, depending on the tax bracket you're in, um, and any gain you have. But if you hold your investments for less than a year, you're going to pay equivalent to your income tax on your gains, right? This is short-term capital gains. So remember, these accounts are investing for, for a long time. And number two... Uh, with the right investments, you can really minimize your taxes in these taxable accounts. If you think like a broad range index exchange traded funds like the S&P 500 fund, um, index mutual funds for your equity portion, what you're looking for is a low turnover. And what this means is how often stock is purchased and sold within your fund, right? And with a low turnover, then you have a low capital gains distribution, on the bonds, because remember we got stocks and bonds, on the bond side of your portfolio, think municipal bonds or munis as they're called sometimes. 
they can have a place in your taxable account because their income is exempt from federal taxes and in a lot of cases, state taxes too. And what this does is create a real tax efficient portfolio in your taxable account. And that's what you're looking for, right? So there's lots of ways to um, skin a cat, if you will. That's a really terrible analogy. I hate that analogy. I love cats. <laughs> I have the most beautiful cat for about six years. Her name was Sophie. She was a big, white, fluffy cat. She had the cutest little like birthmark on her face. I have a little birthmark kind of by my, or mole, if you will. I think it's a mole actually, um, just above my lip. Um, it's kind of the opposite side of Madonna. So if you got Madonna pictured, I got the same thing, but the opposite side. But anyway, Sophie had the cutest little mole that like almost mashed mine. And I loved her to death. She passed away. It broke my heart. She was like my best friend. Um, so I don't know why I'm talking about skinning cats. Cause that's, <laughs> that's what, that's a really horrible thing to say. Okay. Forget I said that anyway. So we've got our investments. If you own a house, Tax return money is a great way to invest in home improvements, but think things that have big payoff for you, right? Think kitchen, bathroom, and structural. Not always the most exciting thing, but roofs, uh, air conditioner, pipes, the unfun stuff a lot of times yields the biggest returns. Um, anything where you go green, whether you're putting in a tankless water heater or some other green feature in your house, those um, sometimes have great tax benefits too, but um, they're going to definitely yield a good return for you because that's what people are looking for. They're looking for all of those things, but it's the structural things too that really reinforce your house that are going to bring about the most value. Um, so you can never go wrong with investing in your house, but do it in smart things. You know, paint, paint's one thing, paint's great, curtains are great, you know, but they're not really going to necessarily get you any type of return. Uh, especially if you're thinking about selling your house in, in the near term future, you want to think about these things that are going to give it a big, um, big return, you know, uh, cause that's really what this is all about. Right. But I, I want you to become passionate about savings. I want you to think about your tax return, maybe differently than you have in the past. Again, nothing wrong with taking a portion of it, 25, 30%, 50% if you have to, uh, and go out and do something fun with it. Just blow it. Don't even think about it, right? I give you permission to do that because it, it's not fun if we can't have fun, but take the other half or take 80% or 70%, whatever that number is that you decide and do something smart with that money. You know, socking away big lump sums of money like bonuses and overtime pay and promotion, tax returns, all of these things, doing these with a strong commitment every single month to save at least 10 to 20% of your income, no matter how much you earn, is really what's going to help you get ahead of the game financially. There aren't a lot of secrets when it comes to being smart financially, when it comes to being um, or making rather smart money moves. It's really about these basic things that are going to help propel you dramatically into the future, right? But again, have some fun. I want you to have some fun. I really encourage you to have some fun. It's no fun without fun. I'm going to be having some fun. So I hope you're going to be having some fun too, all right? As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Shauna Game and Instagram at millennial underscore money. 